This is yet another introduction to a show that you listen to called, uh, well, it's broadcast live from 694.2 PTBP, and I'm your benevolent host with the gross, Wolf the Dog. This week's Howlin' with Wolf is from Ash, out of North Carolina, who tweeted about the show and tagged at Pretending Pod, which is a nice thing to do. She writes, Hey there. I don't have anything to promote. Just want to let you know how much this show means to me. I listen every day while I'm at work and it passes the time so fast my job feels almost inconsequential. Almost as if the atrocities I've committed don't affect me. As if I can't hear the violent snapping of tendons and viscera emanating from my monitor. A mere taste of the despair that lies within the nightmare network. Shout out to my friend Gwen for showing me PTBP and keep up the great work. Hmm, Nightmare Network? Did you just try to sneak in promotion for another media channel that isn't my radio station on my radio station? Hmm, I shall be contacting my lawyers. They are definitely real and definitely will do law things at you. For sure. If you want to write up something for your wolf to howl, tag us on the internet or fuck the zuck. But preferably write us a five-star review on your podcast listening application. Whichever way you choose, it's time for the news. Last time, we met Dr. Rusty Hooch, the never-missed scientist. They insist that she enlist, create an ocean of blue mist. Her ex was pissed. You get the gist. Dr. Olivia Miller, the sad single mom surgeon. Her daughter saw her dissect some sort of extra-dimensional creature out of a screaming woman's neck, and it shot into a sir's snot socket, who was promptly shot in the skull by his sorrowful sidekick. Full stop. Next, Doreen Maureen. Scroll Pinterest on that iPad. That, that's a good haiku. Finally, the stepmotherfucker himself, the Chuckster, coming in at five foot seven, two hundred and thirteen pounds of round muscle, that is. It's Ballbuster 420, hell yeah. And he survived the holy suffocating, holy decapitating tongue from hell. Well, it's time for the briefing. Yep, you can hear that creeping. If your ears aren't leaking, it's Molly Healy with Circles. Welcome to Pretending to Be People. I am here with the same people who are here on episode one, part one of this story. It is now part two. Let's go around the uh, the room as well as the uh, TV. Eleanor is on a TV at the on our kitchen countertop here. <laughs> uh, we'll take a we'll take a group photo at the end of this with us and the TV. That way we can all have a, no. have a picture together. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I uh, d- you can put up a picture of yourself (laughs) 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 I'll put a let me know when you want to take the picture and I'll put up like some glam shots yeah (laughs) yeah perfect Uh, (laughs) you sell it Ellie on the kitchen counter nudes no okay well Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you guys that's how you make money in this industry Uh, (laughs) I've been trying Eleanor, uh, but dude, it's d- more feet, more feet. Oh, That's okay, what's yeah, <laughs> more feet in this audio podcast. Oh no, they want <laughs> they, they want to see it. They want to see it. All right, let's go around. Uh, everyone, if you could just like say your name, uh, your character's name, and then the worst thought you've ever had about your mom. So let's start with Allie. Ooh, can't wait. My name's Allie. My character name is Rusty Hooch, Doctor Hooch. <laughs> 
The worst thought I've ever had about my mom <laughs> is that I'm exactly like her. <laughs> Way to sidestep the question. Uh, also, you don't have to answer that any of you. Is it, it was a Jen, joke? if you're listening, I love you. And she will. Really? Probably. Interesting. <laughs> Hi, Jen. <laughs> my mom won't listen. Uh, Lindsay, you're up. Uh, I'm Lindsay. I play Doreen, Maureen, or Chlorine, or Boreen, or whatever you want to call me. First name, Doreen. And the f- worst I've had about my mom is probably that I based this character off of her. <laughs> <laughs> and she won't be listening. She will not even know that this exists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, what, Facebook? I have Facebook here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'd tweet at it now. Probably she not. definitely has Pinterest. Pinterest. Uh, you Pinterest can DM, DM her on Pinterest. Slide into her Pinterest DMs. <laughs> that's that's the definite, most definite way to get a hold of her. Eleanor, who are you playing? What's up? Hi, I'm Eleanor DeLorenzo, and I play Dr. Olivia Miller. And do you want to know the best thoughts I've had about your mom, Zach? <laughs> 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 yes. Okay. Actually, what's her? I I don't know anything about your mom, but what's her, what's her, never mind. We're not gonna, gonna go dox down this my road. Mom? Uh, I'm not gonna talk to your mom. No, <laughs> um, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. Most most American ladies I've met are super kind and and sweet. So I'm sure she's great. My mom, on the other hand, what up? No, uh, she's uh, the worst thought I've had about my mom is. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you you can't talk shit about your mom if you have a good mom because it's like the moms are the best. So I feel bad about even even considering like the list of awful things. <laughs> but uh, so I'm thinking. I'm trying like hmm. Um, uh, uh, one time she made like a pretty nasty chicken tikka masala. Uh, so that's. <laughs> It sounds like you went through a lot of early life trauma. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's the worst mom mom thought I've had. Uh, and uh, Taylor. Hi, my name is Taylor. My character name is Chuck Cheese. Oh yeah. <laughs> Charles Cheese. Charles, Charles cheese? cheese. You're going with Charles the Chuckster Cheese. Charles the Chuckster Cheese. You can call me Chuck or the Chuckster. What's your middle name? Chuckster. <laughs> Charles Chuckster Cheese. (laughs) Charles Chuckster Cheese. Okay, anyway. My mother-in-law rules, so... I will say, though, I've had time to think about this because I was the last one to go. And uh, when I was a kid, I would walk to and from school in elementary school. And um, if I was mad at my mom, I would intentionally step on all the cracks (laughs) to break my mother's back. Wow, violent. Did she have back problems? Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, she had to get a breast reduction because her boobs are so big it hurt her back. Oh, no. Wait, Ooh, I've heard, your mom's I've heard about that. Bigger yeah. by stepping on the crack. <laughs> yeah, every time it's like a Pinocchio, <laughs> they just grew and grew. Apparently, my grandma grandma had to do that the breast reduction, and mm. uh, and I was like, "Give me those titties!" But <laughs> uh, literally, it happened in middle school, and. We I had a lot of sleepovers as a kid, and after my mom got the surgery, oh my god! She would just anytime a friend came over, she was like, "Look!" and then just lift up her shirt and show her smaller boobs, scarred boobs. Do they like shape them? Do they yeah. shape them like they do? So they were they like look like yeah, like perky nice titties, huh? Yeah, wow. she went from like double F's to perky C's. So, Zach, oh are you God. really happy we're talking about your mother-in-law's boobs on your podcast? <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Zach, about your mother-in-law's boobs? <laughs> <laughs> I was really prepared to uh, to answer that question until you finished. So, my thought about... You can mo- talk about your own mom's boobs if that's easier <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, tell us about your own mom's boobs. Uh, uh, when I was 17, my birthday landed on Easter Sunday. And so the whole family came over on my birthday after church. <laughs> I'd been going camping with my friends a lot. And so my mom got me a camping chair, a really nice one, <laughs> because I used to borrow their camping chairs. This was her really <laughs> nice way of being like, stop fucking taking my camping chairs. <laughs> uh, so she bought me my own and... 
I was so stoked, actually. I was like, this is rad. This is great. It's huge. Uh, it was like a big one. And uh, she's like, yeah, it's oversized. So it can actually hold up to 250 pounds, which was pretty cool of her to say uh, to her very chunky young boy. So uh, oh, happy birthday to you. Self-conscious son. Yeah, yeah. It's um, called a captain's chair, right? It's a captain's chair, extra large, oversized. For oversized boys. For oversized boys who are addicted to Mountain Dew and uh, white rum. All right, so let's uh, <laughs> dive into... Dude, mountain... Oh, right, actually. I was going to tangentially about the topic. I don't even know how to say tangentially. You know what I'm you talking did about. It. Tangent- yeah. T- t- okay. One more. Um, one, one more. I want the- one more boob. No, no. It's not about boobs, but it's about cool women. I have a cool story about my aunt. She, Men in her family would take off their shirts very often when it was in the summer months uh, in Sweden. Because uh, that's like socially acceptable for men to wear like their boobs out. Sure. But even at the dinner table, she's like, please put on a shirt. And they're like, fuck off. Maybe not. They didn't say that, but maybe something similar to that. And so one day she was like, okay. And she's a 65-year-old woman, and she took off her shirt. Yes! And and sat down to eat at the table. And I'm like, that's my goal in life. I want to be on that goal. So we should all take our shirts off? Yes. Okay, great. No one will know. No one will know, guys. It's an audio drama. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe we'll be funnier, you know? Just, like, more vulnerable. Just do the sound for better better audio. Make for better odds. I get it. I get it. I understand. All right, let's dive into this episode. <laughs> Y'all ready to play some Delta Green? I think we got a pretty good introduction to your characters in episode one. The way in which the game works is now going to change because we're going to put you all in the same place and then send you on a little mission. Okay. 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 All right. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) At least a year has passed since each of you had your unnatural encounters that brought you into Delta Green. And here you are again, going into the field with three strangers, sitting in the back of a sprinter van turned into a mobile lab in the parking lot of a public park with no cameras in Shreveport, Mississippi at 2200 on a cold January night. Anything to stave off the end of the world, right? Your handler on this one is a bit dramatic. Three years ago, this guy is just like talking with his hands. He's super intense. He's leaning into all of you as he talks. Three years ago, Jerome Dyer left his job in Dallas as an intelligence analyst during his second night at the opera. He left. He abandoned his post and he joined a group called Bigfoot Underground Search and Hunt. He's been radio silent for three years until tonight. Dyer made contact with a YouTube account, I Run, posing as professor and Bigfoot enthusiast, Dr. Ann Falsum. And this guy looks super proud of himself when he, when he says this. Agent Dyer is desperately seeking extraction, but not for him, for a body, a big body from an isolated cabin in the thick, verdant hills of southwest Arkansas near a small town called Fook. I've pinned the location on these clean phones. And he hands you each an older model iPhone with various used cases on them. The cases are so that the phone doesn't get shattered, Allie. Wow. (laughs) Called out. Okay, okay, so I've gotten super into Bigfoot Underground Search and Hunt while portraying this Dr. Ann Falsum, and the origin story of their ringleader, Carl Lambert, is fucking tragic. Check this out. When he was 14 years old, he went out camping with his dad and his younger brother, Michael, who was 12 at the time. So this Bigfoot sneaks into their camp in the night and abducts the younger brother. Carl and his dad tried to explain what happened, but you know, 
Who's going to believe them? Everyone just assumed the dad killed the boy and pressured Carl into telling the Bigfoot story. So dad decides he can't handle being tried, right, for his son's murder. So he offs himself, which leaves 14-year-old Carl with a very singular mission. Find Bigfoot and kill it. It's been three decades, but it seems like he finally did it. So the operation, go to that point, go to the cabin. Again, GPS marked in those phones. They have cases on them, don't worry. Secure the body, destroy any evidence. We can't have, obviously, we can't have this getting out. Agent Dyer is sabotaging the Wi-Fi and the cell networks up there. So Carl and Janice won't be able to post anything unless they figure out what he's up to. Oh, uh, Janice Ruth, their third musketeer. Uh, she's a conservation agent, mostly hunts down poachers. She keeps her identity hidden from most of the Bigfoot underground search and hunt fan base. Uh, they'd probably deem her untrustworthy, right? Because she works for the man. <laughs> Bless you. He takes another huge rip off of LaCroix. Ruth considers her bachelor's degree in zoology essentially worthless compared to her countless hours spent learning everything there is to know about Bigfoot ecology, behavior, migration on the YouTube channels of her perceived peers. Shit. Uh, Sorry, that's so much information. He looks at his watch and waggles his eyebrows. Dr. Ann Falsum with quotes should be getting on her way but um i that's one of you obviously one of you has to be dr ann falson when you get there to secure the body right because i've told that's the whole deal right real quick do you guys have any questions Uh, i have a question yeah what the fuck is going on (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah we are um dealing with a conspiracy theorist i'm assuming uh someone who believes in bigfoot and we're we're here to look into a body I don't know what this could possibly be, obviously, based on this uh, description I was given. Yeah, it's a but Bigfoot. It's okay. Well, I'll. Uh, how about I make that call when I see what we see? So that's why we hired you guys. That's Hell why we yeah, got two bro. of the smallest. Oh, yeah. That are you st- still going by the Chuckster? Yeah. Uh, so so honored to be in the presence of such righteous ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Very. So what's your expertise, Chuckster? Well, you see, I've I've seen a lot of battle in my day, uh, fought a lot of uh, not-so-good guys, and uh, I'm ah. here to keep you ladies safe. Yikes. All right. Dr. Miller taps absentmindedly her revolver she has in her <laughs> in her pants, stuck to, <laughs> tucked away in her pants because she's like... Guess I will be protecting myself for the rest of the Joe <laughs> Gun, what's the range on that? Can I hold it? Uh, isn't that like sharing a glass of water? I mean, we just met. Cool, 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 cool. I understand. I understand. We all got our weapons. Uh, Dr. Miller has no idea what a range is. Or is that Ellie who has no idea what... I know nothing about <laughs> guns, but... Uh, I don't either, it's, literally. Okay, good. All right, 22 miles. <laughs> For people who've listened to pretending to be people before, normally when someone's like, I pull out my M six nine four two K AK forty seven silencer laser pointer, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's a gun. So roll for yeah. shooting a gun. <laughs> that's me some delta green people are super into that side of delta green i'm all for that but i don't know any of it so therefore am not super into it so gun shoot pew pew (laughs) (laughs) doreen is is like somewhere in between the chuckster and the intelligence of these two doctors so she's just kind of taking it all in she knows that she, as as an agent, has more capability than the Chuckster, but is not going to say anything. It's just going to be, you know, she'll let the Chuckster think. Chuckster is just raw confidence. Yeah. That's what he on. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine with Doreen. Doreen can be our uh, our audience stand-in for the <laughs> just looking back and forth between these uh, these two groups, these intelligent Doctors she's also this. just constantly looking over her shoulder, assuming she's going to see children somewhere. So, oh my God. anyone want a brewski? I keep them in my 
uh, refrigerator pack pant pockets. <laughs> oh <laughs> See, I, <laughs> I invented a mechanism you can put in pants with their insulated pockets and ice packs so I can always keep my beers cold. What's your name again? I think maybe you'll just want to call me Charles. All right, Charles, it is 6.30 a.m. If you can no, please get that. It's late at night. It's, no, it's, t- it's, it's 2200. Six, it is literally 6.30 a.m. 10 p.m. Get that brewski away from me. It is party time. Cool, cool, Dr. cool. Hooch. I understand. I understand. Dorian, Dorian takes him up on the offer. <laughs> Dr. Miller is very intrigued. She's like, oh. A wearable fridge. Hmm, that could be quite <laughs> useful, actually. In terms of, we we will, in, in order to keep certain vaccines cold. Happy to share my pants with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, for now, let's keep the pants on, Chucky. And uh, maybe I'll take you up on that offer later. We'll see how. All tonight right. Goes. Okay. Uh, I'm now uncomfortable, so I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. You guys uh, need to get going. Uh, he, they expect Anne to be uh, Doctor Doctor Falsum. Sorry, to be up there soon. So whoever wants it can have it. And he throws down four IDs on this table. And this you're in a Sprinter van, right? But it's been transformed into a, kind of a, a lab in the back. So there is almost like an ambulance. There's there's gonna be a uh, a stretcher in the middle. So you guys are. Kind kind of sitting on either side of the stretcher and he slams down four IDs. They all say Dr. Ann Falsum. They have each of your pictures on. So he's like, mm. your choice, whoever wants to take lead on it can do it, but I got to get out of here. My number is in those clean cells, right? So once you have the body, uh, shoot me a call. The second location that's in those uh, those phones, GPS is going to be the drop-off point. So I've got a warehouse. I'll meet you there after the mission is up. So I have all the faith in you that I should. You're very intelligent. You're very capable. He looks at two different groups when that's he says right, those that's things. That's right. And that'll be it for me. I'm going to get going. And he uh, kind of opens up the the back doors of this sprinter van and walks off into the parking lot. Thanks, dude. Picked up. He turns back around. He's like, oh, yeah. Okay, bye. Yep. yep. All right. <laughs> bye, bro. Okay. Yep. <laughs> See you, man. All right. And he finally <laughs> just turns back around. You hear a truck start on the other side of the parking lot and it swings by and picks him up and the truck heads out. You are now, the four of you, alone. I mean, with three strangers in the back of this converted mobile lab slash mobile ambulance kind of thing that just looks like a standard sprinter van on the outside. So I'm a pretty dank actor, but I don't know that I'm so much the doctor type. So maybe someone wants to take lead on on being the, that doctor. I think clearly I need to be the one to do this. None of y'all can handle it. You do seem re- real right smart, and I liked him. Bangs, I girl. I am a lesbian. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ellie. I'm gonna Eleanor. I'm gonna ask Allie to explain something real quick. <laughs> What, what do you even mean, <laughs> Zach? <laughs> what are we? Well, I'm just curious about a couple things. <laughs> do you want to explain kind of your thought process going into creating a character for being on the show again? Yes. Yeah, so this is my third time on the show. First time I played a straight man. The second time I played a closeted lesbian. At the time I was identifying as straight. I am now playing an out lesbian and am an out lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so, manifesting yeah. pilot this time, right? <laughs> so I'm going to be a pilot next. But the funny thing is there was a time in the middle where I was like, I cannot believe how problematic it is that I as a straight woman played a lesbian on that show. That's so terrible. And now it's fine. <laughs> it's actually the only reason she became a lesbian was to cover for that that's my testimony yeah. from being on pretending to be people I became gay I love it what have you guys done love for the show yeah Anyways. Oh. Woo, okay, so back into the Sprinter van, the back of the van. You guys have this information. You know that it is called Bigfoot Underground Search and Hunt. The ringleader's name is Carl Lambert. The other two people helping out with Bigfoot Underground Search and Hunt are Janice Ruth, who is a conservation agent and Bigfoot expert, and 
an undercover Delta Green agent named Jerome Dyer, who's been in the field now for three years working with this group. So clearly, he saw something early on with them that showed him, I need to stick with these people and make sure nothing crazy happens because they seem to be on to something. So Dr. Rusty Hooch picks up, God damn it, picks up this ID that's got her face on it, her bangs, and the name Dr. Ann Falson. So hold on, are the rest of us playing Ourselves? pretend characters? You can be anyone you want. You can present yourselves as whatever kind of team you would like, but this is just a way to get through the front gate, uh, if you will, a way to get in the door. So Dr. Ann Fausen's credentials are she is a, sorry, medical doctor? And Bigfoot enthusiast who has been posting... She, quote unquote, this handler as Dr. Ann Falsam has been posting comments and DMing back and forth with the Bigfoot Underground Search and Hunt YouTube page. So they're going to trust her immediately. Yes, because uh, she would be the obvious first choice to call upon finding an actual body so that they can have someone who is respected, quote unquote, in the field to present their discovery. What are the skills uh, they would expect from this Dr. Faz, whatever her name is? They want her to come in and be like, yes, this is Bigfoot. (laughs) 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 Uh, They want her to probably name it scientifically, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just be there standing, you know, like like a product that is for sale, but no one wants to buy it. So they have a doctor come on the screen and be like, I'm a doctor. So Dr. Miller agrees that uh, Rusty Hooch can take on the role as as, uh, this pretend doctor and say, uh, I'll be your second in command then. I'll support you however you want. Are we like med students? Yeah, we're part of the team. I think it, to make it more believable, maybe just say we're med students, like first year, like here, yeah, here to like our residents. offer our hands. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Dr. Hooch is pretty, she's having a lot of mixed emotions right now because she, she grabbed the ID because she's really feeling like uh, she's surrounded by idiots, except for Dr. Miller, who she's extremely intimidated by. And it's pretty clear that Dr. Miller is smarter than her. So that's why she chose uh, to grab that ID first. But she is getting a little anxious about it now because she actually doesn't believe in Bigfoot and has no idea what she's about to get into. I wonder if Dr. Miller senses that and she's just like, no, show us the way. I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) And then like, she grins. (laughs) She grins and you can see like her her teeth, like in a very predatory way of like... Who's driving? I'll drive. Damn straight. <laughs> Dr. Miller, may I call you Olivia or Liv or the Livmeister? Like, what terms are we on here? Uh, Dr. Miller is fine. Thank you. Chucky. Dr. Miller it is. Chucky. Uh, you guys are on a 50-minute drive from Shreveport, Mississippi, all the way up into the... Uh, the fucking boonies of Arkansas. So when you guys are driving through Arkansas, it is late at night. You're coming up on, let's see, 22.30, 23.30. So it's around 11.15 p.m. You're 15 minutes out from the destination and you start hitting windy turns deep into the woods. You haven't seen a gas station or any business in Mm, 10 minutes or so and you're not sure that there's anyone uh, any any uh, business that is further into these woods every once in a while you'll see a, a small house or a trailer deep kind of hidden in the woods on either side of the road the road that is it's like a archway of trees and thick branches mm. so you can barely even make out the night sky above you you're in a part of the country where you'd feel fairly uncomfortable if this sprinter van were to break down. Yeah, I've been in those parts of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Your GPS is uh, getting closer and closer, and as you as you get toward it, you're starting to lose cell signal. And you remember that your handler mentioned Jerome Dyer, Agent Dyer, was 
sabotaging the cell signal up here so that no photos or videos of this body that they've taken can get out. So as you're losing signal, your, uh, your dot begins to just kind of float and there are no more roads on the screen, but you can kind of make out where you are in relation to where the dot that you're headed toward is. And eventually you see a mailbox in the darkness, your headlights lighting it up. And there's a road that leads off to the left, gravel road with a gate, a red metal gate. Y'all, I'm so sorry, but we got to go back. I actually need sales service for another hour. We got to go back. I'm sorry. There's something I got to check on. What do you got to check on? It doesn't matter. It's my own personal business. We just got to go back for... Can we just come back in an hour? I mean, these people have been out here, what, three years? They can wait another hour. I think Rusty's keeping secrets from us. Doreen, who is driving, does not say anything and just keeps driving. (laughs) It's like solid as a rock. Oh my God. Doreen is drunk. From the beer she drank. <laughs> We're letting a drunk driver take us to this gate. If you want me to drive, I could drive now. That'd be fine. <laughs> Rusty, maybe you and I can have a sad adventure. You and I can walk back together, find that cell service. If you look at me maybe one more time. Maybe become best friends. I swear to God, I will break your neck. Man. Damn. Fasty. Lady. Ooh. I don't know. I like that. Dr. Miller, she's just staring out into uh, out through her window, listening to uh, Chucky and and Rusty going back and forth, and then she's like, "Is we could be as quick as possible so we can get back as soon as possible?" But I think we should. I think we should head on. I mean, we're here on a mission. I know they've been out here for three years, but I've seen some things to uh, worry that there might be a more of an emergency. I just want to take a look at it, and then I'll make sure that you get back in time for whatever phone call it is that you have to make. Dr. Hooch is extremely intimidated by the doctor and uh, concedes. Ooh. You know, by the end of this, I think we're going to be best friends. <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure uh, Chuckster, hope so. you notice that there is a file that is sitting uh, on the counter space, you know, next to one of the chairs here in the back of this mobile lab. And uh, when you pop it open, it's got a little bit more information about the mission, including a uh, code for the gate. Hey, look, I found this file here, and it seems like it's got a bunch of information. Maybe it even has a code to the gate. Mm. Has your voice changed? It's very possible. <laughs> I think you went pretty hard Southern after going pretty hard, like, br- excited bro. It's, it's going to wander where it wants. <laughs> Don't expect consistency in any manner from me. I love it so much. <laughs> when you got into Mississippi and Arkansas, you started code switching super hard. Uh, I just want everyone to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're basically conforming to what we we are a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it's also just where every accent goes when I try to do an accent. <laughs> I just have the one. I snatched the paper from Chuck because I, I say, "Give me this." You you don't you probably don't even know how to read. Let yeah, me you right, this. you right. I t- <laughs> I'm not a very smart man. I'm not very smart, man. I'm not very smart, man. This is the gamer guy who is like stoked to be like, hey, what up, what up? How you living? Like, Just because I'm confident doesn't mean I'm combative. (laughs) (laughs) I respect these ladies, these smart ladies. Honored to be in their presence. Uh, Dr. Miller is like, I'm going to die. And so she starts writing down on her on her cell phone without cell service. She's starting to write down a note for her daughters of just like, uh, if oh, I don't Jesus. survive, oh, you're, you can take, like there's the money in this account. And then your <laughs> asshole father has the rest of the money uh, stashed away somewhere else. You know, <laughs> She knows she's not going to survive this. Doreen asks for the code. She reaches back and grabs another beer. She's just stressed. She grabs another beer out of the pocket of Chucky's <laughs> pants and just chucks the whole thing right there. As you pull up to this gate, you see uh, it's an alphanumerical keyboard that you're looking at. It literally looks like an old like Macintosh keyboard <laughs> from like 09 that is like the clear blue <laughs> like, colorful keyboard that is like 
almost duct taped to a stick that's been shoved <laughs> into the ground and there are wires coming out of it and then going down it, toward the ground and then you kind of see the wires above ground going toward this big rusty red gate. Uh, the code is bush. Did... <laughs> 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 Oh, it's Bigfoot Underground Search and Hunt. They call themselves Bush. Oh, dear God. Dorian takes a a huge sigh and then leans her whole upper body out of the window. (laughs) Do you want to do the boop, 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 boop? Oh, it took a long time to hit that H, huh? Yeah, Dor- Doreen is, um, she might, she might be a little bit, uh, above the... A little the, faded. Yeah, she's a little faded. <laughs> it's okay. Christ. She's capable. As you type in the H, the gate slowly Beep. begins to... <laughs> it finally stops! <laughs> in an open position... <laughs> God damn it! Uh, and then you, uh, you yeah, the uh, the gate is open. Let's do this. Ahead of you is the same kind of thing where there are trees climbing on either side and then meeting above the driveway. It's a long gravel driveway that goes uphill, and then seems to uh, make a slight dogwood left where you see that there's a clearing and lights are uh, coming from a small one-room corrugated sheet metal type just room that has been laid on maybe not even a legit foundation. So is this, is this like a shack? Like, like a big... Yeah, it's a big shack. Okay. And then it's like shoddily put together so there, there's like light coming through cracks? And yes, okay. that is exactly right. Yes. All right. Uh, and there's one street light that, like, it looks like they might have literally stolen a public street light and then moved it up by this shack. And the light is shining down on a truck that is sitting up there. Were we given anything in the van? Oh, there's shitloads of stuff in the van. Okay. Weapons. Not so much weapons as just like lab equipment, anything you might find in an ambulance. I like to, because you're up against such insurmountable odds, I want to give you everything you need to try to fight back. So anything that you think of that could be in there is probably in there. Um, And that's just a nice way to know that you're fucked. <laughs> Dr. Mill almost auto- automatically starts scrubbing up, like if there's any protective gear, uh, masks, anything. Of just like assuming that they're gonna go into a fucking shit show. Of I don't know. She's very paranoid at this point, and she's assuming that all these dumbasses will do the same. But then she realizes maybe that none of them <laughs> are doing it, or I don't know what they are doing. But she's just like, oh. Uh, Perhaps we should, like, she's trying to be polite, but then, like, oh, no. Yeah, you kind of point at the three other hazmat suits. <laughs> I w- I'm just, like, opening drawers and not closing them. And, like, opening <laughs> cabinets. <laughs> like, rifling through. Like, what's this? Oh, dope. Doreen is just, like, rolling her eyes at Chucky and, like, grabbing her weapons that she just, of course, has on her as an agent and just putting them in the back of the van, um, getting ready to put the hazmat suit on. And Chucky is just staring with his mouth open at all of the weapons she has. And then she just is staring back at him while she's slowly pulling up her hazmat suit. (laughs) Oh, dude, I think you and I are going to be BFFs. We got so much in common! What's the L? Liver. <laughs> pretty sure. It's pretty sure. <laughs> I think it's li- liver. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want you want to see my weapons? I can show you. Uh, I got throwing stars. I think it's time. <laughs> I pull them out and then um, they're engraved. I have C. C. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> What's my last name. Oh, she. <laughs> She's. <laughs> Okay, change my mind. I, engraved in each of them is just like just cheese. A nope, cheddar. It says CCC, C-C-C. and then C-C-C. under it, there's che- a block of cheddar. Oh, a, yeah, a chunk of cheddar. Yeah, it's very good. Please just keep those in your pants. Don't pull those out, please. 
All right, all right, I understand. Dr. Hooch is very preoccupied with Dr. Miller at this point, and she's really fascinated by how professional she's being. Uh, so she is sort of trying to imitate it, immediately starts putting on a hazmat suit as well, also starts putting on gloves and things. And she's still in the backseat, but she's like kind of leaning forward so that Dr. Miller will see that she's like taking it seriously now. <laughs> Dr. Miller smiles a little bit to herself, and then she turns around uh, to the other two. He's just like, whenever you're ready, uh, we'll sh- we shall have Dr. Hooch lead the way. Doctor. <laughs> Dr. Ann Hooch. Actually, Dr. Ann. What's your Falsum. name? What's your name? Falsum. Falsum. F-A-L-S-O-M. Oh, right. No, Dr. Falsum. Sorry. Dr. Falsum. Sorry. I, I forgot. I'm You're such a famed Nobel <laughs> prize winner so i <laughs> you did cure happiness whatever i heard <laughs> mad cow disease which is the cause of sadness <laughs> very true. all right i start i start putting on my hazmat suit i don't know how well i can be one of these doctors these medical students so maybe you guys could teach me some terms i know the word scalpel and scalpel <laughs> i know the word uh Liver. And <laughs> what other doctor terms could I know? Dorian's like, I think we should just both keep our mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's exactly what I was going to propose to. How about Dr. Ann Falser? Falsum? Uh, you do you look the talking. at the ID again. <laughs> <laughs> Doreen helps Chuck put on his hazmat suit because he gets his hands, <laughs> he gets his arms tangled and somehow both arms are in one armhole. Doreen is starting to uh, find Chucky a little bit endearing. Oh. She's kind of like, okay, I'll take care of you. Pat, pat. <laughs> Does he remind you of your whippet? <laughs> he, he kind of reminds me of my whippet, yes. This is like pretty useless. <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't have my dog on this trip. I might as well just take care of this kid. <laughs> I start like mimicking like she's Pavlov'd me and I, I start like... <laughs> <laughs> I just- Good God. Uh, Dr. Miller walks up to Chuck. If there is any weapons, do we have weapons there? You said you would give us anything, uh, right? Oh, yeah. What do you find? I would like to find like an automatic rifle or like something that deals a lot of damage that Chuck would know how to use. Yeah, absolutely. I also have my go pack. So I'm ready. I got my pistol. I got my knuckle busters, my throwing stars, and my switchblade. If you want to find something uh, that has a little bit more firepower, then there is a rifle in the back. Yeah, I think Dr. Miller finds something, but she is not able to herself use it. And so she walks over to Chuck and is just like, now listen to me carefully, boy. If you see something... If you see something, <laughs> stop panting. It makes you look dumb. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. It's okay. If you see something, I want you to not think. I want you to shoot, okay? The door opens. <laughs> oh, God. Not that. Don't shoot that. <laughs> I look confused. <laughs> but if you see something that you might find strange and might attack... Uh, I don't know if the other two will be able to do it, but I guess with your quick reactions and, uh, you know, presence, I'm sure that you will be the quickest to act. Whatever terrible thing we're going to see in there, I want it to not leave this room. Chuck harkens back to his short-lived military days and uh, really likes having a leader tell him what to do. Um, So he stands in line, (laughs) uh, mission ready, and says, yes, ma'am. You better be ready, Dr. Miller. He's going to piss in your bed. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God, what have I done? I start to pull a beer out of my refrigerator pants, and uh, Dr. Miller uh, slaps it out of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if she wants to. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, or she's like, perhaps later. Perhaps later. later. Yes, yes, uh, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, ma'am. And she taps his shoulder a little harder than necessary, but I'm thinking like maybe he likes the roughness. Yeah, and then he does a little burp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you truly are a child. <laughs> like a, a young infant child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, I got a question real fast before oh we go inside. 
this could just keep happening forever. <laughs> the getting ready stage. It's, I do. It's, <laughs> do you think that Dr. Ann Falsam should have a British accent? I just wonder if they'll believe me more. The front door opens. It's a metal door of this metal corrugated shack. And walking out backwards is seemingly... Carl Lambert. He is in his early 40s, and he is slightly overweight, severely balding, wears a dirty tank top, and as he's walking backwards, his like love handles on either side are kind of jiggling with each step as he walks backwards, and as your eyes go up to the top of his head, he has a makeshift headband, like a t-shirt, like a ratty old t-shirt that's been ripped and is now tied around his head. He is talking to the camera that is being run by seemingly Janice Ruth. And then behind her even, you see a man, you can assume this is Agent Dyer, and he is kind of a a small, thin man uh, wearing big, thin-rimmed glasses. And Carl Lambert is talking directly to the camera, and he's like, Welcome to another Bush product. Hey, what up, Bush heads out there? Everybody wants to come on down and know we got something big for you. I know we say that a lot, and, you know, if we get a knock on the wood or, you know, if we get... (laughs) I mean, the other day when we had that knock, I swear to God, that is what the... I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) We are going to meet with the one, the only, Dr. Ann Fousome today. You've seen her commenting on the messaging board, and you know what she's been up to. And you know that she is the only one we would call if we were to. And then he gets right up into the camera, and he's like, actually find and kill a Bigfoot. (laughs) It happened! Yes! I am so excited for you. Smash that like and subscribe. Comment below when you see this thing. All right. Now, let's talk to Dr. Ann Fousam here and let's get this thing going. And he uh, turns around. Camera is still uh, coming towards you guys and you can kind of hear from from behind his weird growl. You hear this this camera woman is just kind of (laughs) like... Just kind of like breathing heavy, you know, (laughs) just your normal camera person who has something like wheezing in her throat constantly. Uh, So if if you were to watch Bush videos, uh, (laughs) uh, then you you would be hearing that in the background pretty much the whole time. And she brought her team. Oh, He's looking, Carl is looking back and forth between all four of you to see kind of who steps forward. Very frazzled, Rusty quickly decides to go for a British accent, steps forward. Chuck steps forward with her and then she pushes him back. (laughs) (laughs) I shove Chuck back in his place. Um, Hello, my name is Dr. Anne Folsom. Oh, yeah, and you can even tell how smart she is because the way she says words nice. Hey, Dr. Falsum, it is an absolute pleasure to finally meet you on camera. That's correct, it is. Are you channeling Joe Rogan right now? I'm sorry, go on. (laughs) (laughs) No! I've never... I haven't seen him since Fear Factor. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're not a, a rogue head? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm a bush boy. <laughs> hey, oh, doctor, doctor, doctor. Um, I know that I said that I promised you a body, and what I have is, I guarantee you, and he looks again at the camera, the first taken and held and killed corpse of a Bigfoot that's ever been found Ever! And we've got it here! Dr. Fausum, what are your thoughts on the situation? Uh, first of all, I don't want to be on camera. His eyes turn to pure sadness. And he kind of pushes the camera away. But I thought you were a fan. I prefer to keep my identity private and my team as well. And I will be the judge of whether or not this is a Bigfoot. Everybody roll alertness. I got a five. Oh, what is your alertness? 20%. Oh, then that is a success. For rolling rules, if you're new to Delta Green, if you roll under your skill, then that is a success. So you want to roll... 
as high as possible without going over prices right rules. Someone's trying to conceal something from you, like in this instance, they would want to roll higher than you in order to succeed. So what did you roll, Taylor? A 43. On a? On an 80. Oh, so that is a success as well. Yeah. <laughs> Eleanor, what did you, what did you roll? Uh, an 11, uh, alertness 20, so. Ooh. And your dice match. Yeah. <gasps> and it's under. Oh, right. So, that's so we a have our first success. critical success. Oh. Woo-woo. All right. Nice. Nice. Uh, not that it matters, but Lindsay, what did you Well, I did crit fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Those beers hit her hard. <laughs> the beers, yeah. And I'm also just so paranoid. I think I just like don't want to be here at all. But I also really, this is the only thing I'm living for. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot inside your inside of you. Yeah. This is a mixture of me and my mom in real life. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um with that being said, let's uh take a quick pause because Discord is messing up. You want me to whistle a song? Yeah, I'd love that. <whistles> what was it called? It's called a little jig. <laughs> a jig. It's beautiful. A jig. A little jig, yes. A wee little jig. I shush a wee bit of a jig in it. Fovna. I should have gone with that for my dog <laughs> accent. I just want to say, if ever given the opportunity to have more than one accent, I will take it. Uh-huh. So. Yep. The last time I got to play a fucking shit. <laughs> uh. Zach, you're doing a great job. I'm yes. losing my mind. You're doing a, such a good job. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Quiet on set? <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. <sighs> Hello. Hello. Lindsay, during Marine, because of the critical fail, roll sanity. <laughs> Damn it. Mm. Yeah. Come on, you stupid ass. Jesus Christ, Doreen <laughs> is down that ladder. We have a crazy person in our midst. Seven. Ooh. Oh, oh, success. While, while this whole conversation is happening about whether or not Dr. Ann Folsom's going to be on camera or not, you turn around and you see yourself in the reflection of the driver's side mirror <gasps> of this sprinter van and a chill runs down your spine and right when you think you're about to hear laughter, you're almost fucking expecting it at this point. Nothing happens. Mm. And you're just staring at yourself in this reflection. And it's honestly probably the first time in a minute you've been able to just hold eye contact with yourself. And it kind of feels good to see and be seen <sighs> individually. With your critical success, Eleanor, Dr. Olivia Miller is the only one who notices the Janice Ruth Oh, she's still filming. She may have pointed the camera away from Dr. Ann Falsum, but she did not stop recording. All right, yeah, no, I understand, I understand. Um, it's just that I really thought you were a fan, and I thought that the whole point of you coming out here was going to be that you were going to be on camera talking about the body. Well, we're talking about science, so I, I need to step inside and take a look at the situation before I allow anyone to record anything. Okay, so can we can we try this again, but it's just me, but then I'll let you see the body, and then after that, then you'll be on camera. I, I don't know. I need to be let inside. You're, mm. waste, you're wasting our time. Nice. Uh, roll Persuade. Please. I got a 94 on a 20. Hey. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, can't Dr. Miller step in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially since Dr. Miller critically succeeded and notices that Janice Ruth, Janice Ruth is still recording. So you can use that kind of maybe as leverage here. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, Dr. Ann Falsum did say specifically that she did not want to be on camera. And yet I see that you're still recording. Is that how we're going to work here? Is that is that what we do as friends? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. Um. I didn't notice. And she's like fumbling her thumb for the record button. She's like, I really. I, I, Are you alright? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, can I roll like a first aid or something to see what the hell, like see what's going on with her? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can roll first aid. First aid, or is that does that make sense? Maybe not first aid, but like f- medicine. Medicine. Yeah, no? medicine works. Yeah. Whichever one you have more of. <laughs> uh, fifty-two on a sixty. So. Whew. Ooh, nice. So you would know that uh, Janice Ruth has some health issues. 
specifically maybe some untreated asthma. Okay, so this is not something to be that worried about. No, she's just very uh, stressed out and excited, and she's yeah. also really worried, seemingly, that, that she did something bad. You're getting onto her, which she's not used to, and she's just like, mm. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I, it's okay. I just, I was just trying. She's trying. Calm down. She's Calm trying. down. So you you see her click it off, and the camera's off. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, come on in. Come on in. We've just been doing, uh, you know, some um, some photo shoots, I guess, <laughs> uh, with the with the body. It's uh, it's actually laying on the pool table. So yeah, yeah. Come on in, and um, you see as you guys are turning back and looking at this one door shack, one room, one door, corrugated metal room. Jerome Dyer, this uh, small thin man uh, wearing these large glasses with thin frames is just kind of leaning up against the corrugated metal next to the door. Uh, hello? Uh, who are you? Jerome. You can just call me Jerome. You know me. Bush. Dr. Ann Falsam? Uh, yes, I do know you. <laughs> Very well. They, you both fucking wink at each other, like enormous winks, like huge winks. Oh, I know who you are. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, shut up, shut up. Shut up. Oh, right, 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 right. And then I just put a fist out. <laughs> he like taps on it with one finger and is like testing one, two. <laughs> Nice to meet you. <laughs> that was so dope. <laughs> this guy's funny. I just walk inside because I'm over the bullshit. I'm, I'm coming with her. Everybody going inside? Yeah, I, I want to see this thing. Chuckster. Chuckster. You going inside? Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> there he is. There he is. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to waver between country and It just boy depends and, on yeah. who's talking to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Chuckster, the code switch king. All right, so you guys um, all need to roll sanity. Oh, fuck. I got a 41 on a 56. Ooh. That is a success. I I got a 54 on a 56. Ooh, that is also the doctors have succeeded. I got a 10 on a 60. Also a success. 52 on a 40. Oh, no. <laughs> and there's the fail. There's the fail. This is not what you were expecting. And it's also not good. So even though you passed, the three of you who rolled under your sanity still lose one sanity. Chuckster. Yep. No article for you this time. <laughs> you... Serious. <laughs> ...are going to roll a d4 which is the pyramid, and then you are going to add one, and you are going to lose that many sanity. Four. Uh, rolled, a, rolled a big old four. <laughs> oh, boy. So I lose five sanity. I'm now at 35. Jesus. There's a thing that happens in this game when you lose five sanity. Uh, as you guys all know, and pretending to be people, when you lose... One sanity, you have to do a shot of hard liquor. When you lose two to three sanity, you have to rip a bong. And then anything past that, you have to do a fat line. Of- <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> Ellie, if you'll open the package yeah. that we sent well, you. Uh- <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to lose some sanity. Yeah, but also, guys, you have so much money, like being able to send cocaine. That's <laughs> <laughs> what all the Patreon yeah. <laughs> When you lose five sanity in Delta Green, what, what happens is that you have a temporary break from reality in which you uh, react in an uncontrollable way. So you are either going to fight, fight. What did I say first? Fight. Fight. Fight, fight. <laughs> fight or fight. <laughs> <laughs> what I was wanting to do was I'm frozen, um, but I'm just going cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay, normally you would roll. But I think that that's really funny. So we're going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> you can kind of like uh, look at the face. I think the camera is just hitting the face of Charles Chuck the Chuckster Chuck as he's you know, cool, cool. And then the camera kind of slowly pans around until we can see what all of you are looking at, which is this corpse 
that is on the pool table laid out. This corpse is not the corpse of a Bigfoot, however. It's a child. It's a wrinkled corpse of a child completely covered in dark purple bruises. Seems to be a preteen. This thing is riddled with holes from 12-gauge shotgun slugs. Blood has been pouring from these holes onto the pool table, which has a tarp down that the blood is pooling onto. And this bruised body just sits lifeless. For those of you uh, who only lost one sanity, you see the eyes of Carl Lambert as they fill up with tears. Michael! What the fuck? Um, for a moment. Oh, that's the end of the episode. What? For sure. yeah. I wanna say, yeah. I wanna, wait, yeah. I want to say Hooch is in deep. <laughs> Amazing. Fine, I'll save that joke for later. <laughs> Maybe for not not this scene. <laughs> Dear God. Wow. Shit. That was really cool. So that's the end of episode two. That was really cool. Thank you. Thank, thanks, thanks for playing. For I was, I was not sure if that was what they knew was there until the Carl yeah, Lambert moment, either. and then I was like, "Fuck." I have theories. Maybe I'll save it for, for air. But uh, I have theories of what's going on. Better learn.